the key to confidence is about having clarity. So the clearer you can be, the more confident you'll be. If you're really specific about what it is you're, you want to do or you want to achieve, that confidence comes. It's like the feeling of confidence comes later. Like it doesn't come before the act, it comes after. Hello, my friends, Kerry Phipps here with the Connect with Confidence podcast, and I'm super excited to be talking to Sammy Yeager, who I met, I think, first of all, in Singapore. Would that be correct, Sammy? Yeah, I think that was the first time we met in person, but I think maybe we'd socially interacted uh, in the B1G1 community prior. Yeah, yeah. And so it was at the B1G1 convention, and that must have been 2018. Yeah. You were doing amazing things then. I think you're doing amazing things now. So I don't know what happened. We just connected again the other day because you're doing a podcast. I think you might have invited me to be part of that podcast. And I was like, can I interview you? Is that what happened? Yeah, it's a nice exchange, right? Podcasters (laughs) hanging out with podcasters, having cool conversations. I love it. I love that we can just have conversations. And I know that a conversation with you will be just wildly valuable for people that are listening uh, because people who are listening are wanting to connect, wanting to make a bigger difference in the world. And that if we can step forward more confidently to say the things we want to say, ask the things that we want to ask and listen to people, then amazing Mm. things can happen. And uh, I just love that we start this conversation on zoom with both of us have this beautiful sustainable development goals, colorful, um, wall poster in our offices. <laughs> yeah, pretty special. <laughs> yeah, so do you want to tell us first about your connection with the Global Goals? Yeah, so for anyone who's not familiar, the United Nations Global Goals are a set of 17 goals that the United Nations have set for us to work towards achieving in 2030. So I first got exposed to these Global Goals back in, I think it was around 2016. And I had attended a business conference and in the middle of the event, they played this video and it was, we, the people, we must change. We must be the generation. And I fundamentally changed in, in that moment, I was crying in a stadium full of, you know, 300, 400 people. And it was just like that. It was like, there is so much bigger than you. You can be part of something and make an actual change in the way that you live, the way that you do business, the way that you lead. Because if you want to focus on solving small problems, you can, or you can step up and solve some really big ones. And here's 17 of them. Wow. I love that. And I love that the 17th goal is partnership for the goals. And I think that this in a small way is is working towards goal 17 because we are partnering. (laughs) We're sharing our voices. We're encouraging people and and pointing to the goals. But uh, when we work with other people who are committed to making a bigger difference, uh, then it's it's incredible what can happen. But as you started talking about that video, I just just pictured the guy making the video. Mm. Like, do you realise the impact of the things that you produce? Like, I wonder, they would hope that, it would change people's perspectives. And sometimes it's so many things and maybe you see a video and you go, yeah, that's what I've been trying to say. But, but one moment can be so profound. Mm. And, uh, 
Yeah, so high fives to that video producer, that team that put that together. <laughs> yeah, anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a, it's not complex. It's a compilation of incredible people, everyday people reading out this manifesto and it's just compiled in a way that it just gets you and you can really connect with the people and the idea and the why. Why do we need to do this? Yeah, so, yeah, if anyone hasn't seen it, go get on the YouTube, United Nations Global Goals, We the People. Beautiful. And we can put that in the show notes also. Yeah. So tell me about when you were younger, like what were your aspirations when you were a child? I didn't warn you that we'd go this far back, but. <laughs> yeah, we, we can go way back. So I'm a country kid. I grew up in um, Barossa Valley, South Australia. Cool. I went to a school with like less than a thousand people. Um, I rode quad bikes and have scars up and down my legs. Um, but I also had a contrasting parallel that I absolutely loved clothes and fashion and girly stuff um so i had a quite a, a full spectrum kind of childhood i had a lot of like space and freedom but then also not a lot of entertainment so we had to get creative a lot of the time yeah some of my like early childhood kind of memories are like me organizing little fashion parades and you know little performances and things and i think that kind of showed up in my career and i, I went on to become an event manager um, but I, you know, what were my aspirations? I really don't know. I don't have, um, a clear memory of being like, oh, I'm going to go and do this one thing and that's going to be great. And I'm going to work towards that for my whole life. I felt like, you know, I had friends who had such clear transparency. It was like, you know, I know that I want to be a, you know, a special needs teacher and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm so passionate about that. And they went down that path. I've had much more of a cross pollinated kind of career and life. I've worked in fitness, I've worked in hospitality, I've worked in events, I've worked in business, I've worked in recruitment, um, community building, education and training, whole spectrum. So I don't know, that's probably a nice question to reflect and go, you know, did little Sammy achieve what she wanted to? I guess so. I'm here, I'm happy, living a pretty amazing life. Yeah. And I'm hearing that your career kind of reflects your childhood that was so um, you know, broad spectrum, I think you said. Um, and I totally relate to that, to that childhood too, growing up on a farm and, you know, riding all the, actually, maybe it's just, there's a few years between us, but we didn't really have quad bikes then. It was just like regular motorbikes. And <laughs> later on, dad got a quad bike for mum, but um, so we never took that as seriously, but, you know, motorbikes, horses, uh, which that's where my scars came from. Uh, <laughs> they don't behave quite so well as motorbikes. They just kind of do what you tell them. There's been so many, um, so many experiences that would have really brought you to where you are now and what you're doing. So do you want to tell us a little about that? Yeah, so I have founded a business alongside my husband, Nathan, called The Fuel Collective. And it's wrapped around this idea that what if we had a collective of people who were all actively fueling and refueling their relationships? And that's their relationships with themselves, their relationships with their romantic interests but also their friends and their family and their peers and their colleagues so we really want to create a collective where people are actively working on this it's not just like oh I'm in a relationship and that's kind of just ticking along as we go mm -hmm. but it's about collecting a group of people who want to actively improve their relationship week in month in year in decade in yeah that's beautiful and um 
like I'm excited about coming on your podcast with Lyndon. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to taking a little peek behind the curtains of what you two get up to. And you know what's funny? Today's about you, but I'm just going to tell you this. I did a pod, sorry, I did a Facebook Live just after you invited me to be on your podcast. And I said to you, oh, I can bring Lyndon on the podcast too, if you like, since it's about relationships. And we were in the middle of the Asia Professional Speakers Convention. It was a hectic week, but we went for a quick walk and I did a Facebook Live talking about it. And it had like more than double the amount of views of other ones that I'd done that week. And I said to Lyndon, people just love it when you're in my Facebook Lives. (laughs) (laughs) Lyndon's the real star. he can't stop hugging me like he's, he's so it's hilarious and so people are commenting on like oh he's so sweet he's you know just like yeah just I think that's something I've learned around that sort of stuff is that the things that you think might be boring are actually not like people want to know they want to see they want to take the look at you know what's going on you know quote unquote behind closed doors or like what are the cogs that are turning yeah. and the things that are like you know mundane or or boring to you because you do them day in day out can actually be really interesting to other people yeah this is right and uh, and relationships are intriguing like somebody said um is he gonna spill because i might have said i was a bit nervous about bringing him on um <laughs> someone said is he gonna spill the beans are there beans and i was like oh there's coffee beans for sure because it's something <laughs> that he's become obsessed with recently <laughs> i I'm, I'm big coffee drinker i love my coffee good quality yeah, Shout out to Honor in Sydney for keeping yeah. caffeinated. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, we've got a few quality coffee providers, which is nice. Um, so tell us about you and Nathan. How long have you been, um, how long have you known him? How yeah. long have you been married? So we both went to that little school of less than a thousand people. Oh, um, cool. Nathan was a year older than me. Um, and we had separate circles of friends that overlapped. Um, and then our first, or yeah, a couple of years out of school, we moved in together as housemates. And then during that year, with such proximity, um, we both got to see each other in a different light. And somewhere in that year, we fell in love. Oh. And I, I, that wasn't my plan. I, um, I was actually planning to head overseas at the end of that, or at the start of the following year. I had a contract um, to jump on a cruise ship. This is back to the wow. fitness industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, where I was going to head to London and do a couple of weeks of induction and then jump on a cruise ship for, you know, 12 to 24 months, wow. depending on how much fun I was having. But, yeah, Nathan and I really fell in love and I had to have this moment of, like, is this – what have we been doing these past few months? It was over a summer. Um, we were – yeah, we were really young. Um, and I was like, do I go on this adventure or do I stay and invest in – what this might be and I decided to stay um and here we are wow we got married in 2012 and still we got remarried again for our fifth wedding anniversary and I think we're coming up like I think this must year must be eight yeah Yeah. eight years married but we were together four or five years before we got married so yeah yeah wow and so what um what inspired you to get remarried Uh, I I love this question because I believe that our relationship is made up of like these beautiful romantic rituals, you know, these, Mm. these moments um, that you can inject real opportunities for connection with your partner throughout the day or throughout the week or or whatever they might be. And for us, um, we'd kind of always talked about it as something that would be fun to do. Like we had such a great day getting married. Like it was 
honestly just the best and if anyone's on the fence about whether or not they should do it or don't do it like you get to have all the people that you love the most in the same place at the same time that will never happen again until you're dead and even then some of those guests will be dead so they won't even be there yeah and you'll not get to enjoy it (laughs) yeah so we just loved it so much um and we did it our way um that we were like we want to do it again at some point and then in the first five years of our marriage we moved we moved interstate so we moved from south australia to sydney we had some grandparents pass away um we had some friendships um move from i guess that core inner circle out and we had some of our really good mates who had fallen in love and got married and done their thing and these were couples that we thought were going to be together forever like there was no wavering thought in my mind that these two people wouldn't be together forever growing old together and we had maybe four or five of our mates separating going through really awful breakups um yeah and in some cases divorce and it gave Nathan and I the opportunity to stop and reflect on our relationship and our marriage and go I choose you today as much as I chose you five years ago and I'm going to continue choosing you so much has changed for us um but I still choose you and I I want us to keep going and I'm so proud of what we've done and I'm so proud of what we're achieving and I'm I want to keep doing this let's keep doing it and let's keep celebrating our love yeah that's beautiful yeah it it, yeah it was and it was so cool because the way that we did our vow renewal we were traveling overseas with um two of Nate's groomsmen and their partners so there was yeah the six of us in Cuba at a um, big fancy resort. It was our one splurge for the whole big trip. And we did it on the beach um, and it was just fun. It was so fun and it was so different than the first time that we did it. It was super low key, like we got ready together and you know, we wrote new vows. The first time we did it, I don't think either of us had the confidence to get up there and speak our our, you know, our own vows. So we had the, the generic, um, you know, you know, very common set of vows. And this time around, it was like, no way, you know, I've got commitments that I want to make to you, um, out loud. And I want to take this moment to, to honor that and, and recommit to some things and, and say some things out loud that I didn't get to say last time. Um, we were so young the first time we got married, we were 20, I think I was 23. Um, yeah, so it was just a really beautiful opportunity to to honour what we'd done, what we'd achieved, but also set some intent for what was to come. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like there's more gravitas to the occasion. Yeah, yeah and, and we will absolutely do it again. We will for sure do it again. I'd love to do it in Vegas, maybe like, a, you know, Elvis impersonator white suit in a really tragic, uh, you know, off off the strip kind of uh, drive up <laughs> wedding. I just think that would be fun. I just think what a cool experience to have. So, you know, maybe 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So you've certainly got the fun side of it, but also the depth, like it, it clearly is so meaningful for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was with intent and it was 
something that, you know, we were aware that people were going to be like, what, you've only been married five years and you're renewing your vows again. Like what went so wrong that you need to do it again? So there was a little bit of like that. And it was like, oh, we're just going to swim in our own lane and do our own thing. Yeah. But yeah, there was definitely, it wasn't just a party. Like it was fun to have our um, mates with us and party on the beach and have some drinks and a cake and all that sort of stuff. Um, But it really was a, a really nice moment for the two of us. Yeah, that's lovely. And it sounds like there's a perception that renewing vows means that there's, you know, something went horribly wrong and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, we're back on track. We're mm. reconnecting. But uh, it sounds like it can also be just a, a re, like, I mean, we refocus on our goals all the time, don't yeah. we? Like we come into yep. the office Monday morning and just go, yep, this is where I'm headed. This is what I'm doing. Um, so it doesn't mean that we're falling off the wagon, but we are taking things more seriously or looking at things with a more mm. you know, grown-up perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, reflecting and- on it, it, it probably is. That was probably a really important moment where it was like, okay, we've, we're closing the book on that chapter and we're opening a new next stage kind of you know I feel like uh, you've probably heard it before people talk about this idea that you you know you have three or four really core relationships Mm. um you you know deep loves in your life and I think like Nathan and I have had this incredible um relationship that has evolved with us it's like you know we were super young we were like partying on weeknights while we were both studying, um (laughs) you know living in share houses together with you know crazy housemates people coming and going all the time. And then we kind of went through that stage of, you know, first careers and jobs and, you know, still poor, still didn't have any money because we're like entry level intern rates, you know, and then we've kind of evolved and set new targets and grown in our careers, grown in our, um, you know, our personal identity and who we have become and continue to become. So I kind of like this idea that we're just honouring that relationship and you know moving forward to the next one whereas I think some other people experience those um depth of relationship or or core relationships with different people right yeah yeah because we certainly um connect and relate to people differently as Mm. we grow older um and sometimes it's different people and sometimes it's the one person Mm. yeah yeah Yeah, that's interesting because my relationship with Lyndon is so much different to what it was 26 years ago yeah (laughs) Um, and aren't you glad oh yes yeah so much more fun now (laughs) (laughs) imagine how good you'll be in another 26 years uh yeah yeah that's really that's a cool thought Uh, anyway today's about you um i notice (laughs) i notice on your your sustainable development goals poster at the top it looks like it says better relationships equals better world Yes, it does. So that is, I guess, the core mission or core philosophy that Nathan and I have um, set our sights on with Fuel Collective. And it's around this idea that if we have better relationships, and I, and it's not about um, measuring it because I think we can infinitely be better. There's never an end point where you're like, I'm done. I'm done growing. I'm done evolving. I'm done. You know, you might stay stuck but it doesn't mean there's not scope above you. Um, So I think we settled on better because it's not an end state. It's never an end state. But better relationships is, you know, if we have um, the ability to to connect and communicate with our our romantic partner, um, our friends, our family, our network, our peers, our colleagues, our stakeholders, 
we're going to have a better quality of life. The quality of your relationships drastically impacts the quality of your life. So if we have better relationships and we aren't stuck solving these small relationship kind of problems, or sometimes they can feel really big, but in the gravitas of the world, they are small problems. Mm. Um, So if we can all have better, healthy, happy, thriving relationships, I feel like we're going to be able to live more in purpose, live more of our why and spend some of that energy solving some bigger problems. So in turn, we can have a better world. Uh, Absolutely. Because when we look at all the global goals, they're they're all related to people, really. Mm. (laughs) And yeah, when we have healthy relationships at home, we're going to be more productive at work. We're going to be able to, you know. Do more of what we want to do, be healthier live longer yeah and um and be in a clearer headspace to to work on solving problems i want to ask you to uh, also share about you know just business for good i think we've covered it a little bit but through our you know b1g1 partnerships we're giving to different projects throughout the world and you know i'd love to hear about maybe some Mm -hmm. of your favorites and just how does that work yeah in your world so for fuel collective i went on a pretty big deep dive journey like in inward in myself to go like well what am I what do I really believe what do I really think will have the most impact which ones which one of these goals is 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 my beacon is the one that I want to um really throw some weight behind and I I thought so much about like do we want to give percentage of profits do we want to give um percentage of revenue do we want to give um on a a buy one give one um product basis how did we want to embed giving into the fabric of the business i didn't want it to be this thing that um you see so many businesses do where it's like oh we've got this thing oh and we give to this ad hoc charity like i really wanted um giving to be fundamentally part of who we are and what we do and why we exist Hmm. So Fuel Collective is really about, um, you know, having win for clients and that means, you know, couples and strengthening their relationship. I want it to be a win for Nathan and I that the business serves us and the life that we want to live. I want it to be a win for our team and the, the people that we, we work with. And I want it to be a win for the world. Um, I, I, you know, I really strive for that quad win yeah. um, when we're making those decisions. Um, so I kind of had this um internal struggle I guess where I was like if I pick one then does that mean I can't care about the others when I do care about the others and you know if I have a couple of wines and get up on my high horse there's a few of them that really touch a nerve for me um more so than others and that will be different for everyone you know we've all had our different lives and experiences and you know things that we care about and that's great and that's you know that's amazing um so we kind of went with a hybrid model where um when we have guests on the podcast we get them to choose which project do you care about which goal do you care about and then we support a project in line with that whereas in the business in fuel collective when we make make money when we draw in revenue um, we support education projects and i really believe that education is is how we're going to unlock everything because if we educate our people it lifts them up above the poverty line 
Yeah. We can make better choices and then they have the, uh, we, I should say we, not they, we have a better awareness of what is a good decision for our environment, what is a good decision for our economy, what is a, a good decision for our sustainability. So I think all of that comes from education. So that's where I've chosen to support upfront. Yeah, that's beautiful. And uh, yeah, and I encourage anyone listening to to check out the Global Goals like you've yeah. out that video before um, and, and B1G1 because um, it is, I think a big thing with like making a difference, you know, wanting to be change makers in the world is that we can get really discouraged by just seeing small impacts or small mm ripple effects but the fact is it goes so much further than we realize and i love that that through b1g1 community we can see more of the impact like it's more measurable yeah and uh and i I keep reminding people you know you make a bigger difference than you know and you know while you know how many people have listened to your podcast you don't know what action some people might have taken because Mm -hmm. of that you know they might have sat down and had a really honest conversation with somebody they might have had a turning point in their relationship that takes it in a healthy direction and uh yeah i just um i love these conversations i could talk to you for hours <laughs> i think i think that's why it's so important that um you know we we lean in and we create things yes. um, you know and we push past that fear or that you know hesitation but you never know you never know the ripple effect of the thing that you said or the idea that you shared or you will never know how yeah, far it goes. Absolutely. And I, I like that you've talked about, you know, pushing past that. Uh, it reminds me of when I started the podcast, Lyndon took some words that I'd written. It was kind of the bottom of like a long paragraph I'd just written about uh, the podcast, I think. And, and then at the top, he wrote, you know, overcoming or leaving behind inadequacy and uh, making a bigger difference in the world. And I was like, oh, where'd you get that from? Like, it just felt a little vulnerable. And he's like, Mm. you wrote it. And I was like, oh yeah, but that wasn't like for the headline. (laughs) That was just something I tucked into a paragraph, you know? (laughs) Um, But we do all have different, different things that we might, or different reasons that we might hold back. And, uh, and so I'm wondering, what was it like when you first started your podcast? Yeah. So initially Nathan and I sort of started talking about it around um, December of 2019. Um, And it was like, okay, well, we're entering a new market where neither of us are qualified. We don't have any fancy piece of paper. Um, (laughs) We don't have an established network. This is our first business outside of my consulting. How do we want to do this? And it was like, well, the intent is to share ideas and content with people um, to help them refuel their relationships and how could we do that where we get to have cool conversations with people while adding value and establishing some credibility so full transparency so it it kind of creates um, this nice hybrid of having the podcast where we get to softly pitch Um, we get a little bit of profile we're regularly publishing content um, we're building that audience and eventually we'll be able to launch a product we had all these intents for like, okay, the realization that it stacks all these chips and it was like, okay, you have to do it. Like it ticks all these boxes. What else are you going to come up with? That's going to tick these boxes. And it was like, okay, all right, what do we need to get comfortable with this? And we had to have some conversations around like, okay, if we're going to talk about relationships and we're going to talk about our relationship, where is the boundary? Where, how deep are we willing to go? Um, Nate's, uh, 
happily employed. Um, so what would you be comfortable with your employer hearing um, about you or our sex life or, you know, any of that sort of stuff? Like, are you happy if we get someone on who to talk about porn addiction? Like, do you want that to come up in Google? Um, We had that sort of stuff. (laughs) Um, You know, we had that, that sort of chat around, okay, well, what's the, what's, what's the barrier? What's the concern? Um, Are you scared? Uh, Am I scared? Definitely. And we had said like, okay, it would be, we're launching a podcast about relationships. Wouldn't it be cool if we launched it on Valentine's day? Oh, nice. And we were like, all right, that's how, that's what we're going to shoot towards. We're going to get all the bits and pieces going. You know, we, we had no idea what we were doing. We had no, we had no, neither of us had done this before. Microphones, speakers, audio equipment, um, you know, or editing software. Um, you know, how do you even pitch a podcast to a guest? all of that sort of stuff, we had to figure it out. So we got to this point where we'd probably recorded maybe seven episodes and we hadn't yet launched. And we were approaching that February 14 and it was like, uh, uh, uh. and if I'm really honest, the delay in all launching, because we ended up launching, I think it was end of March, um, was our fear. It was like, okay, we've done all this work and now we're about to share it with the world and it might be nothing. <laughs> You know, but then you have to, if you're not willing for it to be nothing, you're also not willing for it to be something. Yeah. So we had to have the come to Jesus conversation and go, when are we doing this? We we're doing all this work. We're having all these cool conversations and it's not helping anybody. It's not helping anybody because nobody can listen to it. Yeah. There's always something that, you know, it's like, we've just got to press the button or we've just, yeah. Yeah press record or press publish. <laughs> so yeah, and and were you and Nathan kind of in the same place or was it like sometimes one of you would have a good day about it and go, let's just publish it now. And, and the other was. Yeah. I think that's, this is like the problem when you've got um, accountability where it's just the two of you, right. Yeah. Cause it's like, I'll let you off and then you let me off and then I'll let you off and then you let me off. <laughs> so you kind of need like that third one. Who's like not going to have the same day as yeah. the other two. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was just like we got to a point where it's like we know that we both knew that we were being ridiculous and yeah. it, we both knew that um, it was good, that the content was good and the conversations we had had were valuable and it was just like, okay, we can't kick the can down the road forever. Let's do it. And we weren't ready. We, we, we weren't. Like we, we didn't really know the next level of mechanics of how to get it from you know, my laptop into the cloud system of Spotify and Apple. Like we did, you know, but we figured it out, you know, figure it out. Um, Yeah. And it was, we learned so much in those next, probably we launched two episodes and then we've had a cadence of one a week um, ever since. Um, But yeah, we learned so much as soon as we started publishing, it was like, okay, the next level of learning is like, okay, now how do we get this stuff on social media? How do we then get it on social media, but with reach so that it's actually, you know, doing, doing what we want it to um, or hitting who we want it to. So it was, yeah, it was, I guess, like the, the analogy I was talking about earlier of having these small problems. It's like, you never without problems, it's just, you level them up, you know, goes from smaller problem to a different level of problem. Yeah. But we did it. We did it. We're doing it. And honestly, we, I don't think Nathan and I have ever done anything with this much 
cadence and consistency. Like yeah. 20, I think we're at episode 23 or 24 at the moment and we haven't missed a week. We, we're dedicated, committed. It's a priority. Um, and it's been so fun. So fun. That's so cool. And, you know, so for people who are thinking like, I want to do this thing and, you know, you had the intention, I could hear that. And that, mm. that really pushes you forward. But also you had great conversations with people and then you go, this is actually valuable. We need to share this. And so I think involving people is, uh, is a great idea. Like I think, I think it's actually essential to, to making a mark or doing something that makes a difference because otherwise we can hide. Cause it's like, yeah. I find that the more important something feels, the more vulnerable it feels also. Mm, it, it can so feel like that. Like when the, the, the reward can be really high, but the risk can feel really high. And it's like, oh, I'm exposing this part of myself where it's like, I'm now, you know, I've shown you my weakness. Please don't poke it. <laughs> please, don't, please don't touch it. <laughs> That's right. But uh, I know that you will have lots of fans and people appreciating your podcast. And so um, I'm sure that my listeners will go and check that out too. And, yeah. And uh, once we published it, we started getting feedback. And then that feedback was the fuel to keep going. Yeah. So it's like, it, you know, catch 22, right? No, we weren't getting any feedback because we hadn't published it. But as soon as we published it, it was like, oh, okay, cool. We, we, we found the momentum and got yeah. going. And you go, oh, thank goodness we were on the right track. <laughs> yeah. But we never would have known that if we'd held off and been like, no, we'll record the whole season before we launch. Like yeah. what a silly idea that would have been. <laughs> yeah. So for anyone listening who is uh, wanting to do something that feels like it takes some courage, that brave way of connecting with whoever it is that you want to connect with, what's your words of wisdom? The, for, for me, I think the key to confidence is about having clarity. So the yeah. clearer you can be, the yeah. more confident you'll be. If you are really specific about what it is you're, you want to do or you want to achieve, that confidence comes. It's like the feeling of confidence comes later. Like it doesn't come before the act, it comes yeah. after. Yes. Yeah. But I think, you, you know, if you can get clarity and certainty about why and what the confidence will come and the courage will come yeah that's a beautiful note to wrap up on thank you so much sammy this <laughs> Wonderful awesome. to talk to you. what a cool chat i hope you enjoyed this conversation with sammy today and if you would like more please check out all the connect with confidence podcasts you can find that on kerryphipps.com and you'll also see the connect with confidence coaching program and so any resources that we can support you with please contact us through any of the social mediums and uh, let us know how we can support you to connect confidently in your world and make a bigger difference